Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 25-8 Sportscast, episode number 12. And we've got a lot in store for you here today. Super excited to get to it. But first, let me introduce myself. I am your host, Tommy Fink, and alongside me today, as always, is my understudy, Jet Rosenstein. Jet, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tommy. Understudy. I'll add that to the list of titles <laughs> that I've been given through 11, now 12 episodes of this podcast. You know, protege, apprentice, friend. Uh, you name it, I've heard it all. But um, like like Tommy said, we have a lot to do, touch on today. Um, from the last episode to now, there's been even more sports news that has hit the the waves in the past several days. And we're going to touch on as much as we can in the time that we have allotted for episode number 12. Absolutely, absolutely. So let me go ahead and lay the framework here for episode 12. Today, we are going to get to the surprise unretirement of michael jordan uh tom brady the surprise unretirement of tom brady we are then going to talk about some mlb free agency some nfl free agency with a sprinkle of your word of the day ladies and gentlemen this is going to be a great episode i hope you guys are excited as we are so let's go ahead and hop into it jet initial thoughts on tom brady unretiring and you know, you seem to have not gotten the reference. He, he basically did what Michael Jordan did. I didn't accidentally say Jordan. I know. Um, but, uh, so, but I know you don't know ball like that. So, Jet, initial thoughts on the unretirement of Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, my initial reaction when I saw the tweet roll in on my phone from Ian Rappaport, um, I thought it was like one of his Bernard accounts, you know, tweeting out something, Tom Brady is unretiring, you know, whatnot, because – you know, a couple months ago, Tom Brady was retired, sealed sealed the books on his 22nd season, and, you know, the rest was history. He wasn't coming back. Obviously, there was a bunch of rumors swirling around that he could unretire, and, and obviously some of those rumors were true because now he's back and he will be returning to the Buccaneers for his 23rd season. I think the majority of people are surprised at this just because, I mean, what else does he really need to do in this league? But obviously, just sitting on the, the sidelines for just a couple months in the offseason, obviously wasn't having it. He He's hungry for more. He wants to get back to the Super Bowl. He wants to probably go out on top. Uh, but I think Tom Brady being back in the NFL for 2022 is only good for the league and only good for its fans. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you on pretty much everything you said there. I think it was this was a bit of a um, take that, Andrew Whitworth. I'll go out on top, too. Um, uh, no, that's probably not at all what he was thinking, but I guess he got to meet his, his children and didn't like too much of what he saw. So he wanted to get back out on the field. And I think Tom Brady is, I think he's still widely considered a top five, if not eight talent at the quarterback position in the NFL. And for him to come back, it really, you know, shores up the NFC quite a bit because we were looking at it and it kind of looked like. Maybe this was the Cowboys year for real because there's no, you know, opposition in the NFC. And now I see a lot more with Aaron Rodgers back. Devontae Adams possibly going back. It's starting to look a little bit less likely. But, you know, it's, it's starting to look like we're going to see a stacked NFC again. And if the 49ers can find a quarterback, who knows? The Cowboys might not even make the playoffs. What do you what do you think there? Yeah, I mean, just, just looking at the NFC right now, I think when we look at Tom Brady – and the NFC South, um, it's it's looking, barring any more moves with that division, it's looking like the Buccaneers will, you know, win that division once again. And you're gonna you can see the easily. same thing about the Packers and the NFC North. 
Uh, that doesn't look like really any big threats in either of those divisions. Obviously, the NFC got got a little bit more weaker, even with the addition of Tom Brady coming back to play another season. Yeah, but I just just thinking about like why Tom Brady decided to retire. I'm just wondering, maybe maybe you can give me your thoughts on this. Do you think something happened with either his wife or kids that it was like, oh, I don't know if I could deal with this yet. I want to get back to football. I want to be back out there. I'm not ready to, you know, be, be a stay at home dad and, ha- and have to deal with uh, my wife and kids yet. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, as funny as, as those, those memes are, I don't think that's necessarily the truth. We have seen Tom Brady, you know, portray that he's madly in love with his children, um, you know, on and off the massage table. So, you know, I don't think that's much to do with it, but I want to, I want to backtrack a bit here and talk about what you said a little bit um you talked about you know the the Packers basically have that division locked I don't necessarily agree with you actually because I think that while the Kirk Cousins signing was a bit of a surprise because that guy has been a finesser his whole entire career somehow he's always stayed in the top most relevant paid quarterbacks but I do think that I think that the Vikings have a chance with Devontae Adams gone because you know that Packers defense isn't great they're, they lost uh, one of their big defensive key pieces. I, the name slips in my mind right now, but they just lost a defensive key piece. Obviously, we've seen a lot about that special teams unit. I think that we can see a bit of a tighter race in the NFC North this year than we have in, in prior years. I just don't see it. Um, looking at the Vikings and what they've done so far in free agency, no no mo- real moves that have, you know, s- sort of changed the outlook of what the NFC North can look like. And I get, you know, obviously if Devontae Adams is not there in Green Bay, that is a major loss from them, especially if they decide not to add any, you know, names relevant at that position. Um, but even with that being said, I just think that, you know, the Vikings are going to have a new coaching staff, no real new weapons on offense. You obviously saw Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, who's aging, Dalvin Cook, who's really can't seem to stay healthy. Defense has improved a little bit with some of their free agent signings, but I think it's largely going to be the Packers division once again in 2022. Yeah, I can see that, but I don't know. Just just rooting for – because I, I love Justin Jefferson. I love Adam Thielen. I love Dalvin Cook. Just rooting for a bit of a change, but – should we I should we write definitely. off the Lions or the Bears though? Uh, go ahead and write off. Current roster wise, write them both off. I don't think they have a chance at all. Um, I I I can make an argument that the Lions have a better chance than the Vikings. I I would love to see that argument, but I think it'd take a long time for it to land. So we might not have time to talk about it on today's show, but. Maybe we can make that a little a little YouTube short. Yeah, no, well, or an actually, Instagram I think we'll skit. do a Detroit Lions team team of the month special where we can highlight all the the glory that franchise has been through over the course of its uh, being around. So, uh, yeah, we can absolutely do that. We have they have a, quite a few draft picks coming up. They got some draft capital to blow, but I don't know if we can trust their drafting. Either way, but yeah, getting back to what this was originally supposed to be about, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, welcome back to the NFL. You had a great career. Hopefully you can have a great second career here. Maybe win a Super Bowl this time around. But uh, congratulations to Tom and his wife and husband, uh, kids. <laughs> <We> are... <laughs> welcome back to the NFL, Tom. Welcome back, Tom. 
just glad you're not in the AFC East anymore. So go win another ring and then get out of the league because we're we want to move on to someone else now. Yeah, coming from a Dolphins fan, that's interesting. But let's move on here. You want to talk about MLB or NFL free agency first? Well, let's Jeff? let's just continue the NFL theme. We, we touched on a little bit some some other NFL teams. Um, are there any moves in particular that you've seen that you want to highlight? Uh, something that I've since since one of the moves that I've seen. Sorry, that I really need to talk about is, you know, I don't understand Mitchell Trubisky to Pittsburgh. And it's it, I'm I'm interested to see if he's going to be playing a backup role there. I don't I don't know what the plan is for him because they for a while they talked about Mason Rudolph being the future, and now they're talking about you know Mason Rudolph's first opportunity to be a starting quarterback for the start of a season, and they go ahead and get a quarterback who played backup the past few years. What, what's li- your reaction li- to that? I like I like the move a lot actually. Um, we talked about Mitchell Trubisky potentially going to somewhere like the Colts. But regardless of where he ended up and obviously ended up with the Steelers, I think just a change of scenery is going to be very good for him. Uh, obviously, he has a plenty of weapons to use, especially someone like Deontay Johnson, who I, who I expect him to rely heavily on. Um, obviously, you have the great running back behind him and Najee Harris. Obviously, the offensive lines is still a work in progress, but I think my, my expectation is that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback when the season kicks off in the fall. Um, I'm curious to see how this will pan out. I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to improve a little bit with a better team around him, better coaching staff, better, better, coach, yeah. better organization. I mean, you're going, you're going from the bears who had Matt Nagy and not necessarily light, lighting things on fire over there to a coach and Mike Tomlin, who's been there stability wise. Now they have Brian Flores there too. So you have two, two head coaches basically on one team that have proven they can get the job done. I'm actually excited to see what he can do in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and one thing that's for sure is he will have at least nine wins next year because Mike Tomlin has never gone under 500. Yeah. I mean, I kind of see the trend staying, to be honest with you. And I think, you know, even even over Ben's, like, dying years, so to speak, in the NFL, they are still able to eke above 500 and make playoff pushes somehow. Yeah. So. And coaching they, they, staff has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and they're still going to have that defense as well, which is obviously going to be a big part of them getting over that 500 threshold. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a good move by the Steelers. Obviously, it would have been probably better for them since I, I do believe they were a quarterback away if they were to go after someone like a Matt Ryan or even like a Deshaun Watson, but obviously they didn't do that. They settled for a much cheaper option, so we'll have to see uh, how it all pans out. Yeah, and I'm excited to do so. It's kind of um, as a as a big fan of MLB and NFL, I see MLB as a bit of a dying sport right now, and the stinks that MLB's free agency is running right in the middle of NFL's free agency due to the lockout. And it's just it, even for me who loves both sports, it's it's so much easier to pay attention to NFL because we just got out of the season. We're still excited. We're still high on emotions from how our teams finish. And I'm just speaking on behalf of what I believe to be most NFL fans here. I think this is taking a lot and a lot of the publicity away from MLB. You know, it's like there's there's moves kind of sliding under the rug in the MLB that are easy to forget about because you see, oh, man, Devontae Adams might sit out because of the franchise tag. He wants to get paid. Oh, man, Aaron Rodgers just signed. There's a lot of moves happening in the NFL that are kind of overshadowing the MLB, and I think that's just another bad thing that's happening 
to the sport under Rob Manfred. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, obviously, we are in an unprecedented time when we have both the MLB and the NFL free agency taking place at the same time. And as a sports fan, I, I love the the utter chaos that it is, all these moves flying left and right. And I get what you're saying about some of these MLB moves kind of slipping under the radar. But maybe maybe that's just you. Maybe you don't have those notifications set for those MLB updates like myself. Um, I haven't really seen any of the big big transactions in the MLB slip under my radar. That's for sure. Uh, which we'll definitely touch on a lot of those big moves in the MLB later on in the show, but I want to touch on a couple other big moves that we saw uh, in the NFL before we continue to, you know, go on tangents like we always do on this podcast, but that that's what makes it so great. Um, another one that happened today, which is kind of an interesting situation. Uh, Randy Gregory, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys had agreed to a five-year, $70 million deal with the Cowboys. And then um, after, you know, the Cowboys are tweeting out stuff, we have resigned Randy Gregory, blah, blah, blah. Um, we got a little flip of things here. We got the Denver Broncos swooping in and signing Randy Gregory, which is obviously meant that Randy Gregory decided that he didn't want to remain a Cowboy. Obviously, there was some provision in his contract that made him switch teams but Randy Gregory is going to the great state of Colorado and Denver, where obviously there's certain laws there that I'm sure he's going to like for sure. Um, he's going to be a Bronco in, in 2022. Tommy, what's your thoughts on this whole situation? Uh, as a Cowboys hater, I am a massive fan of the situation. Um, it's just great. to It's great to see things slip through the fingertips of the Cowboys. Just, I mean, it's like this Bryant is just making deals out here on the one yard line in Lambeau field. So hopefully we can continue to see moves like this fall through for the Cowboys, but I know I am excited to see Denver's defense get even that much better because the defense was good last year and it's, it's getting, it's only going to get better. You know, Pat Sertain's going to be older. It's going to be more just smart in the NFL. Obviously wisdom is one of the biggest things in the NFL. A lot of rookies don't have that as far as just NFL, you know, whereabouts and smarts. So we're going to see Pat Sertain get better. Justin Simmons is a great player. We're, there's a lot of pieces on this defense that are going to be fun to watch. And now they have Russell Wilson thrown to him on the other side of the ball. So this could be a very, very tough out in the playoffs. And I'm assuming this team is going to make the playoffs next year. Absolutely. And this uh, AFC West just got a lot more crowded, obviously, with the Russell Wilson moves. And why don't we touch on a little bit? The Los Angeles Chargers have been making deals left and right, and they continued that trend. Obviously, on the last episode, we talked about the Khalil Mack trade. Um, now they have acquired J.C. Jackson from the New England Patriots. Uh, they, re they were able to resign Mike Williams. Um, now, I mean, when you look at the Chargers defense, it's it definitely got a lot better. And obviously their offense is just going to, it's going to be just as good as it was last season. Uh, what do you think of the Chargers move so far this, this off season? Well, I talked a little bit about how I wasn't a huge fan of the Khalil Mack move. The JC Jackson move completely stomps that because JC Jackson is a top conservatively speaking, a top five corner in the NFL. I don't think there's any disagreeing with that. So I'm not going to go any higher because there could be disagreements after that, but top five should be very standard for everybody. And he's also a ball hawk. So JC Jackson to this Chargers team improves it in ways that you really can't fathom, 
until you see it happen on the field because he takes away. I mean, we saw it with the Patriots. Bill Belichick takes away your number one option. A lot of receivers didn't eat against the Patriots this year. And now we're going to see that, you know, that that number one option for most teams is going to be taken out of the picture next year. Absolutely. And it's it's kind of disappointing that the Patriots are never willing to spend a lot of money on guys like this because you just let another very talented player, you know, walk out the door. We saw Stefan Gilmore get traded last season. Now JC Jackson's gone. Uh, just another another step, in, you know, where the Patriots aren't willing to pay. And obviously it's worked out for them in the past. But touching a little bit more on the Chargers, um, like I said, they're part of a division now that is, is most likely going to be the best division in football in 2022. I mean, you got four top 10 quarterbacks, yeah. in my opinion. I think Derek Carr is top 10. I think he's criminally underrated yeah i mean I, I think it's probably top 15 but still i mean still still got four teams in in this division that are going to be very good in 2022 obviously we'll see what the raiders do but the other three teams are going to be teams to contend with but looking at the chargers now um do you think we should consider them super bowl contenders i know it's early but should we start? I know we have a lot of free agents, you know, left to sign. Should we start thinking of them as a Super Bowl contender for 2022? I think that they are poised for a deep playoff push. I don't think that. I think they have a very, very small chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. That being said, there's still moves to be made, and they still have some cash. And I think this Chargers team has the potential to become a Super Bowl contender for this upcoming season and years to come, actually. All right, I'm going to say, make- say right now. So, obviously, Justin Herbert on that rookie contract, and they want to be able to maximize all that value before they have to give him the big money. And I don't think the Chargers are done making any moves this, this offseason. Obviously, we still have a long ways to go before the season starts, and so many things can happen between now and OTAs and OTAs and training camp, training camp the start of the season. But I'm going to make a prediction right now. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl next wow. season. They're going to take a page out of the Rams book of going all in. Um, we're going to see the Chargers make even more moves when it comes during the season. They're going to be able to find guys like Von Miller, who, who other teams are just willing to dump off. Um, the Chargers already, already have a ton of the pieces now. And, you know, Justin Herbert keeps getting stronger. The more he's in the league, they have a dynamic offense. The defense got exponentially stronger already in two weeks um, into the offseason. Lots to like about this Chargers team, and I think L.A. gets another another champion in 2022. I think the only problem with that take is that they do need to save some money because they need to shore up Justin Herbert because there's no chance they let him walk after his rookie deal ends. So I don't think that they're – going to be able to be quote all in like the Rams were but like I said earlier and like you've reiterated I think they do have a very very solid roster and they can make a a Cinderella type run here this season but I would definitely not consider them favorites to win the Super Bowl this year I don't think they're favorites I'm just anointing them my my early 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 Super Bowl champions I don't think it's that early Jet. We're, I mean, we're, we're in March talking about a Super Bowl that's 10 months away. Well, listen, I mean, Cam Akers is three months away from tearing his Achilles last year. I don't I don't think we're that. I don't think it's that early, Jet. It's, it's never too early to talk about football. <laughs> I mean, but. never too early, never too late. Um, any other moves you want to talk about 
NFL. You want to talk about Devontae Adams real quick? Yeah, let's talk about Devontae Adams, and then I'll have one more final move that I'm not going to talk too much about, but I just wanted to touch on it. But what what are your thoughts on the whole Devontae Adams situation right now? I think it's a perfect example of why Tom Brady has as many rings as he does and why Aaron Rodgers has as many rings as he does. Tom Brady is willing to not be – Tom Brady has never been a top-five paid quarterback. I don't know if you've known that. True. And Aaron Rodgers has been that that guy – plenty of times in his career and one ring to show for it. And the thing is, is that they can't get anybody in there, but then he's going to complain in the off season about them not having anybody in there. Well, Devonte Adams is the best receiver in the league and, and he's not going to play for a tag. That's ridiculous. He doesn't deserve that. That guy needs to get paid, but Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden is being paid like money is growing on his toe hair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a that's a good way to put it i mean i think it's obvious by him wanting to go back to the packers that he his number one priority is not winning it's it's to get as much money as possible before he you know retires and go lives out on his yacht in the middle of the pacific ocean i mean that's that that's really what it's about for him and it's unfortunate obviously he's already got his one ring so obviously he doesn't care cool. about getting any more rings he's not he doesn't have that tom brady tb12 mindset but not many guys do. There's, I would say the majority of players in the NFL are, you know, if they have a Super Bowl ring, they're going to want that paycheck over another Super Bowl ring, which is unfortunate, but it's just the reality of the game. Yeah, which is driving the game to dangerously unsustainable measures, which I'm sure we can find a whole episode to talk about something like that and make a mental note, Jet, because I do want to talk about that. I want to talk about, you know, where sports are heading in the future because we haven't actually done that yet. We've only talked about, you know, players and coaches doing their thing within the sport. I do want to talk about the general direction of sports at some point on the show, but, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, I think that more players need to play like Tom Brady and they need to, because when you're a millionaire, like what, what's the difference between 10 million a year and 18 million a year, realistically, are you ever going to spend that? It's it's just the difference of are your grandchildren going to work or not? That's the only difference. Right. Are your grandchildren ever going to have a job in the future? And other than that, it's – I don't know. And the other thing I will mention, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers in the Pacific Ocean. I think it's a solid tires in the Atlantic, Jet. Okay. I mean – I think it's a solid I, chance. Would would you maybe put the Indian Ocean in that conversation as well? Or would mm. just throw in Pacific and Atlantic in there? You might, might sail the Arctic. Arctic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to put a poll out on our Instagram. When Aaron Rodgers retires, where will his yacht be placed? Which body of water in the world, in the earth, on planet Earth, will he be? I'm curious to see what everyone has to think. But that, Or will he just buy an ocean? Will he buy an ocean? He, he's, his... on, he's trending that way. Yeah. He I is. heard him and Elon Musk are actually just splitting their he's... money that they make the rest of their lives. And... Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both on that route to being able to buy a body of water. So I don't, I don't, I don't know offhand what a body of water goes for these days. Um, or if about 22, or, oh, maybe they'll just create their own body of water. You know, it goes for like 22. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, not bad. We'll, we'll keep our tabs on that. Maybe we'll make in our April predictions. We'll maybe we'll announce if we think Aaron Rodgers will buy a body of water in the month of April. So that's, that's something to keep an eye on as we if, move forward. If in the guys, If you guys do keep, you know, showing love to our cash app, you can have a body of water called the 25, eight. You can sail a 25, eight together, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 
<laughs> Who's the last guy you wanted to talk about? Yeah, before this really briefly, um, kind of, kind of questionable on this team's part. The Atlanta Falcons made Young Way Koo one of the highest paid kickers in the <laughs> National Football League. I get, you know, he's he's good. He's a good kicker, but to make him one of the highest paid kickers in the league and give him twenty plus million dollars over um, the course of his contract, a little questionable on their part, considering that they have a lot. A lot more needs, but it's at the moment it looks like Young Mike is the second best player on the team. So, uh, who would you give first to? Kyle Pitts. Okay, Calvin Ridley is still technically a Falcon. He, he I mean, he is, but like when we're looking at the roster for twenty twenty two, he's not going to be a part of it. <laughs> Russell Gage. Russell Russell Gage signed with the Bucks today. I did not see that one. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Jeez, man. Russell Gage in fantasy next year. With Brady. Turn those notifications on. Come on, Tommy. Let's go. Russell Gage is replacing Antonio Brown's role in that offense. Just know that. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly why they brought him in. Poor Scotty Miller thought he had a starting job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, congrats to Young Way Koo. Uh, well deserved on his part. Not really sure what the Falcons are doing, but <laughs> go Young Way. <laughs> The Falcons, I mean, we haven't really known what they've been doing for, I mean, since I've been, since they lost to the Patriots, it's kind of like they wanted to make their franchise. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're ever going to recover. I think this is permanent damage. It's bad. Yeah. They, they haven't done much. I mean, to, to take a tight end, like that's the biggest need on your team. The first yeah. pick of your draft last yeah. year. Is just I'm going to, I'm going to cut. And the then have Matt Ryan not yeah. throw to him. No, I'm going to cut the conversation off right there before we start uh, talking about buying continents in the world, because I know that that's where that conversation was headed. So I think we're going to end it right there. And let's let's shift gears a little bit to the MLB. Um, Obviously, the MLB ended its lockout this past Thursday. Both sides were finally able to come to agreement after a long, long, long lockout that shouldn't have taken that long. But unfortunately, we have greedy people on both sides. That is what it came down to. Um, players have reported to spring training, which is a great sign to see with games expected to begin later this week. Opening days is set to kick off April 7th. So we're you know, just under a month away from getting things kicked off. But now, now that the lockout has ended, free agency has resumed. And just like the NFL, players are going from left to right, up and down, all around the country. Um, players are going from one team to the next in a matter of days. And that's just the amount of chaos we're seeing in the league today. Um, there's been a lot of crazy moves already. Is there one, Tommy, that you that has really caught your eye if you saw it, if it didn't go under the radar on your phone? Listen, I don't understand these sneak jabs, but I will say one that's caught my eye, and I think it's obviously probably the biggest one so far, is Matt Olson. Matt Olson needs to be talked about. Because the trade to me was a shock because it was like they gave up on Freeman before he even left. And then hours later, they like extended him to a max deal almost. So my initial thoughts on this was how can you do that to Freeman? And I don't really know the ins and outs of that. Maybe Freeman said he doesn't want to come back, which I find very hard to believe. I mean, he just won a World Series with his you know, his draft, like his favorite team, the team he's been with his whole entire career. And a little cold-blooded on Atlanta's part, I think. I think I think that Freeman is, uh, at his age, is still a better first baseman than Matt Olson. 
So maybe they just saw an opportunity to have a first baseman for the future, and that's what they took. Um, still, the maybe they bring Freeman back as a DH, which would be a wild, wild move, and the Braves would be on. But I don't really see the point of this move at this time for Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to look at. Look at. I, I don't get why they would end up, you know, extending Matt Olson after signing him, or even trading for him to begin with. Like, obviously, you know, he's, he is a great player. But when you're looking at him versus Freddie Freeman, the age difference is not like immensely different. And I mean, you're getting more production from year to year out of Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman has done so much for that team, so much for that city. Obviously, they're just coming off of a World Series win. And I thought there was no doubt in my mind that Freddie Freeman would be returning to the Braves in 2022. Obviously, that's not the case. It's looking like he's going to be ending up with uh, some of the other suitors that are interested in him. But I think it just came down to number of years and the amount of money. Um, it looks like Fred, Freddie Freeman was very adamant about what he wanted and he was not willing to move off of that. And I don't blame him. I mean, he's, he's done a plenty to deserve um, a, a very nice contract considering what he was able to do for Atlanta. But um, he will be playing, obviously, in a different uniform. But it's looking like it's going to come down to the Dodgers and Rays. Um, I think both teams have offered him contracts. For me, I think he would, you know, be great with the Tampa Bay Rays. Obviously, he has some contingencies that he wants to stay um, in the in either Florida or California because he has family in both areas. Um, but no, no matter where he goes, he's going to make a big impact on that team. Tom, do you th- where do you think Freddie Freeman will end up? Uh, it's not a very Rays-like move to see something like this. So to me, I either think that Freeman takes a pay cut to play there or he, he goes with the, uh, Los Angeles because we know how much money they have and they always have it. So I, I unfortunately do see Freddie Freeman in a Dodgers uniform, which, like I said, is pay to win. And I've never been a big fan of it. And that's one of the things I despise about the NBA is it's there's no sense of culture. You just... It's superstars bouncing from team to team, giving different teams championships, which I hate. And it's starting to be like that in the MLB with Steve Cohen now all of a sudden just like you take over a team. Basically, all I'm hearing, like what I'm seeing from this Steve Cohen signing is basically if Jeff Bezos buys an MLB team, they'll never lose a game again. That's basically what this is, which is absolutely ridiculous, and I hate it. Um, So for that same reason, Freeman will be – in Los Angeles next season. Yeah, I mean, touch. I'll touch on the Steve Cohen thing a little bit. Um, the thing with that, obviously, the MLB does not have a salary cap, hence why teams are able to get away with, you know, spending X amount of dollars on X amount of players and, and being able to put together sort of a super team. Um, one of the things that they did, did institute in their latest collective bargaining agreement is actually being called as the Steve Cohen tax. And what that tax is, is there's a certain threshold that a team's payroll can't go over. Um, There's three um, steps in it. Um, It's the collective bargaining threshold. Um, For the Steve Cohen tax, it's set at $290 million. So that means any team that goes over that number has to pay basically a fine for going over that number. And the thing about that still is, like, teams can – freely just go over that number and they could just pay the fine. Like 
it doesn't really hinder teams from doing it, even though that rule is set in place. It's not like it's a hard number that they can't go over. They can go over it. They just have to pay the consequences. And and teams like the Mets, teams like the Yankees, Red Sox, all those big market teams, they're willing to do it. But we've seen in the past spending a lot of money doesn't always equate to winning a World Series. You know what I think? I, I just got a great idea. I and I'm not fooling around here whatsoever. I think you said 290 million. I think if a team goes over that number, the fine should not be money because obviously they have the money to pay it. The fine should be you lose your draft capital. And that draft capital goes to a team, the team's closest to 290 million. So that way, basically, implements a loose salary cap and loose salary floor. Every team is incentivized to be as close to 290 million as possible. And I think that immediately takes away the problem. Yeah, I that that is a, a definitely a good solution. Obviously, the, the, the problem I think with that is, you know, a lot of a lot of these owners, you know, they they are greedy and they don't want to have to deal with, you know, getting all these teams in unison. Like they don't want to have to play play fair with everyone else mm-hmm. just because that's not that's not their, you know, MO, any of these, these owners. But it's interesting just looking at the um, – so for the tax rate, it's actually 80%. It's an 80% tax rate if you go over that 290, $290 million. And just looking at that, like, teams are still have the money to pay that, just like you said. I don't know – like, I'll, your solution would, would definitely work. It's just a matter of the greediness of the nature of the league is going to be very well- hard to – if through. Rob Manford had any balls, then he would do his job and be the commissioner, the leader, the organizer, the owner of MLB. But because he has zero balls, MLB is going to continue to be run into the ground by him and the owners that he's spoiled and turned into absolute spoiled brats. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely not helping the game at all, especially this lockout just made things a lot more worse, especially that they a lot more worse. Yeah, it is not not a great place. The game is, especially with how long it took. But we're still going to see games played and there's still you know a lot more moves to be made. And, and a couple other things I want to touch on in regards to free agency, um, the Cincinnati Reds, um, bunch of great talent on that team at one point. And now they are amidst a fire sale, which is kind of surprising to many. Um, but a big part of this new collective bargaining agreement, it does not favor some of the smaller market teams because now some of the smaller market teams have to lower their payrolls and these lower market teams don't have what it takes to pay up for these big free agents. Hence, they have to cut some of these big names because they have to stay under the tax because these teams don't have what it takes to maybe afford these taxes. Uh, so now we're seeing this with the Cincinnati Reds. They made a big trade with the Seattle Mariners um, yesterday. Um, the Mariners acquired Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. The Reds acquired and a couple prospects and a player to be named later. Um, obviously, you know, taking more and more guys from this core of this Reds team, obviously with Nick Castellanos opting out and, going to be signing with another team along with Sonny Gray was traded to the twins for two prospects. The reds are turning their page on another era and they are doing what a lot of the smaller market teams do. And they just dump all their big players. 
And Winker is a damn good player. I think the Mariners got a lot better with that trade. And I think that and it's and and from the Reds standpoint, it's very sad because they were in the cellar eight years ago. They started getting these pieces, they're climbing up that uh NL Central. All of a sudden, you know, they're uh, 500 ball club fighting for a wild card spot and immediately back straight back down, which is sad to see. And I actually, I root for the Reds a little bit because I like Votto. Votto's a very fun player to watch. He always has been from his days on intentional talk as well. Those used to be fun interviews to watch with him. He's just a, a great personality and an even better baseball player, especially in his prime. So I've always rooted for him a little bit. So I root for the team as well. And it's sad to see, you know, they didn't even get to a peak. They just kind of they climbed to a mid-tier and just plummeted. That's just the unfortunate state of the game that we are in today. These lower market teams, they're not able to compete for a long period of time just because they don't have the resources like some of the bigger market teams, which is kind of another thing, a uh, knock against the MLB. Like there's there's a lot of lower lower market franchises in the league, and that's a you know, that's a lot of fans that you're taking potential. Uh, attendance at games and and publicity on TV to watch these teams play. Um, obviously, a salary cap would be nice. I don't think we're seeing that anytime soon. But I think what eventually is going to have to happen is the MLB is going to have to institute a revenue floor um, to kind of push some of the lower market teams to spend a little bit more and give them that financial freedom to kind of you know maybe spend a little bit more money to try and compete. Obviously, teams are able to compete without spending a lot of money, but it makes it a lot easier when you, when you have some more money to spend. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think the best example of lower level team being able to compete is Tampa Bay, who, which we talked about a little bit earlier with Freddie Freeman, not a Tampa Bay move by them at all. Even their stadium is lower market, which is they don't have anything big. They had Nelson Cruz for half a season and it was big news. Um, so if they sign Freddie Freeman, I don't even I feel like that would even though there's no locker room problems with him at all, obviously, I think it'd mess up their culture there. Do you agree with that? I I agree, but it seems like you know the Rays are always just so close to finally getting over the top, and maybe this is the kind of move that could push them over the top. Maybe they, you know. Maybe they do a little bit of the unordinary in, in their in their sense and try something different to see if maybe it works and see if it's maybe something they can implement going forward. Um, obviously, that's not the Rays way, but if they want to, it, it the Rays way hasn't gotten them a World Series, so maybe something different would, would help them get over the hump. Yeah, and I think the Rays way, so to speak, is just started a few years ago because they, they were – not a very good team until recently. And then all of a sudden they're like, who are these players that I've never heard of that are beating my favorite team? And it's, it's fun to watch. Analytics has played Florida. Into that. Yeah. Oh, I know it does. Yeah. And is the analytics King, but I know a lot of Rays fans don't even like Kevin cash. True. Do you, do you think he's a good coach? Um, the problem with, being a manager for a team like the Tampa Bay Rays that is so heavily analytics-based is a lot of those decisions aren't going to be made with your gut. A lot of those decisions aren't going to be made from the Yale graduate in the back 
saying, oh, take him out. My my spreadsheet tells me this instead of saying, oh, you know, I, I'm feeling the vibe in the stadium right now and just, just taking a look at what my pitcher's doing. I think he could give me one more. It's just that conflict of interest we're seeing between teams that are heavily focused on analytics. And I, I'm all for analytics. I'm a big proponent of it. But I think there needs to be more um, more of gut, more intuition taken into consideration, especially uh, some of these big moves that happened with the Rays in the postseason with Blake Snell and Kevin Cash. And that was an analytics-driven decision. Yeah, maybe maybe the Rays should get Brad Pitt in there, make it completely analytics-based. And uh, Brad Pitt, Billy Bean, let's get both versions of Billy Bean in there. Why not? Why not? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, let's do it. Jed, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I mean, obviously, there's there's so many more moves still to be made in the MLB. Um, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Nicholas Castellanos still remain on sign. And with spring training started, uh, hopefully we see those guys get signed soon. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. Guys, do you hear that? What is that? What is this? What is this sound? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your fifth installment of the 25-8 Sports Word of the Day. Working on that intro for a while now, Jet. Uh, your word of the day is gregarious. Ready? Gregarious. 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 Excuse me for the mispronunciation. Gregarious means tending to associate with others of one's kind and enjoying or tending to enjoy the company of others, which makes it synonymous with a social and with social and sociable. Um, I'm trying to see how I can relate this back to Jimmy Butler, but I, I just can't. You know why? Because he's not social. He's not sociable. I guess I can just say Jimmy Butler is not gregarious. Uh, he's a locker room cancer. He's a tumor growing in that locker room now for a few years. Hopefully they can get him out because I, I've always wanted to see the Heat, you know, win a championship within within the next couple of years. So hopefully we can see it with Jimmy Butler getting his ungregarious self out of there. What they hate us because they ain't us. What do you think of my take? Disagree. Um, I It was a cancer in your locker room back in Philadelphia because that's just the culture they have established there. Uh, Miami is a totally different place. No, uh, no cancer in, in our locker room. Obviously, when you have Joel Embiid, that's a big cancer as is. And Thurman James Harden, you got tumors floating around left and right. So, uh, I disagree with the take respect. Jet, great episode. Had a lot of fun here today. I'm glad we didn't get to talk about, you know, that one segment that we used to do. But, uh, Jet, thanks a lot for, you know, another great episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Tommy. This is Jet. And that was the 25-8 Sportscast. Thanks, everybody.